Hey guys, welcome to the Improvement Podcast, where the mission is to help young men develop their character, identity, and mindset in order to activate their potential and achieve their goals in life. And so today we have on another special guest. His name is Paul Beam. He is a Marine Corps veteran, life coach, and the host of the True North Man Podcast. Thank you for coming to the show, Paul. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me on and looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I really appreciate you taking the time to support the mission. And so for the people that aren't familiar with your work and what you do, could you tell them a little bit about your background? Sure. Yeah, that's a there's a lot to it, but I'll, I'll definitely hit the 30,000 foot view. Um, you mentioned some of it. I, I am a Marine Corps veteran. Uh, served from 2000 to 2004. And then from there, <clears throat> spent a number of years doing many different things in my life, uh, everything from welding to sales um, to operating my own small business. Uh, I've kind of <clears throat> done many different things uh, up until 2013, where I found myself completing my degree uh, in psychology and communications. Uh, along with uh, some religious education and spiritual studies. Um, and then in 2017, uh, once I graduated, I continued to operate uh, a True North Man and the organization where we host events for men and do men's life coaching. So um, that's, a, that's a down and dirty version. Um, currently, been married for seven years. Uh, we're a blended family. So have two, uh, two stepdaughters. One is, uh, at Texas A&M university and the other lives here with us and she is in junior high. And then of course I have my three biological sons, uh, my oldest of which is at Texas tech university. My middle son attends, uh, high school at Richmond Springs high school where they just won a state championship last year. And, <clears throat> That's pretty much me in a nutshell. Uh, a lot of bumps and bruises in my lifetime. I feel like I've, I've learned a lot. I've been through a lot. And so it's, it's my mission in life to kind of give back and help other men who are in a position that I was in all the way up until my, I would say, my early 30s of really just kind of floundering about in life, trying to figure out who I was, <clears throat> what I wanted to do when I grew up. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the legacy that I wanted to leave behind, it just took a lot of time for me to figure that kind of stuff out. So I figure if I could help men expedite their journeys to where they can reach that, uh, I don't know, I guess a freedom and fulfillment that comes from a solid core identity and uh, uh, knowing our mission and fulfilling our mission in life. Well, uh, that's, that's the least I could do uh, to give back it, just take my experiences and teach others how to kind of navigate through life more efficiently than what I did. Hey, I like it. And I respect it a lot. And uh, I can say that, you know, for you to get to the point to where you decide to make a change. And after that, not only did you make a, a change in your life, but also look to find a way to help people make a change in theirs to try and, I guess, magnify the good that you were doing. That's even better. And hey, if you don't mind, let's talk about that. What would you say was uh, the catalyst that led to you eventually deciding that you wanted to make a change in your life? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, a lot of a lot of uh, bumps and bruises as I was a young adult and just making 
the wrong decisions, not really knowing how to navigate life, um, and never really having a mentor or a father figure to, to kind of take those life questions to, um, you know, because oftentimes we, we look to others for advice and wisdom. And it seems like one of the, it seems like a go-to is to go to dad, right. Or go to our parents at least and figure that stuff out. Well, I didn't have the, the privilege of, of doing that necessarily. So, um, but then as a result, you know, I had, had our, so our, my first marriage uh, was 10 years. We had three biological sons together and we had our first son at a very young age. I was 19 years old when we had our first son. And, um, quite frankly, I didn't know how to be a father. Uh, I didn't know how to navigate that. I didn't know how to be, uh, you know, a good husband, a father, and quite frankly, didn't know how to be really an effective man in life. Um, I, I was very selfish and uh, very independent. And while independence is not always a bad thing, um, if we don't know how to navigate that appropriately and balance that with um, a strong community in our life, we'll, we end up uh, hurting ourselves in the long run because the reality is this is, you know, this world, uh, we were created with community in mind. Uh, so we're, we're creatures who enjoy being around other people, if not all the time, and if not a lot of people, at least a few people into a small degree. Um, I think that we just, our souls yearn for connection with others. And so anyway, that being said, <clears throat> uh, just quite frankly, didn't know, didn't know how to be an honorable man. And I wasn't, the decisions I was making were very, very selfish. Um, I was just trying to figure life out on my own and figure out who I was, where I was going. Um, and my idea of success was more money, a bigger house, a better vehicle, um, and collecting everything, uh, all the tangible assets I could in life versus um, building relationships and memories uh, with friends and loved ones. So um, ultimately that led to, to divorce and uh, of course being separated from my family. And then <clears throat> just many, many years of trying to figure out what am I supposed to be doing in this life? And why do I keep making the same mistakes over and over again? And why do I just feel so empty regardless of what I do and where I go and all the things that I collect in life? Um, and, and so it was 2000, it was probably 2012 when I really started um, feeling convicted uh, about the way I had been living and really, you know, quite honestly, just being tired of what I was doing, going from job to job, trying to make more money, <clears throat> um, trying to collect more accolades. And so it, that kind of put me on this trajectory of just some self-discovery, uh, which started with some intensive counseling and uh, putting myself in different circles with uh, different people that I had respect for that I felt were uh, living a life that I, uh, that I would like to live. Um, and so <clears throat> 2013 is when things really start to shift, uh, really figuring myself out, figuring out who I was. Um, and of course, finished, uh, was finishing up school in 2014 to 2017. 
And it was during that time that I took kind of a, a, even a deeper step in my faith and surrounded myself with uh, wise counsel, people that I respected and that I felt like were leading life that I looked up to and would want to live um, as a, as an older person or as someone, you know, uh, that's at least further along in life and someone that looks like they're happy and really, you know, just being present in the moment because uh, they know that they're fulfilling their purpose. And uh, so that's when I started um, man camp. I started man camp back in 2015. And that was a result of me constantly looking for uh, different events for me to attend and put myself around other men who were uh, had the same heart as myself, uh, both in faith and in growth in life. And <clears throat> so what really spurred the, the idea, or I guess the desire to start true North and man camp was I was, we were attending church at a mega church at that time. And mm -hmm. every year they would host, uh, a women's event, a ladies event. Or, you know, all these ladies would, would go out to the, these cabins and uh, they'd have a guest speaker come in for the weekend and they'd go through certain sessions and lessons and they'd have certain homework, but it was all together in community. And then they'd break them up into smaller groups. Um, and so anyway, I was just thinking, man, I sure would like to have something like that that I could do because they weren't hosting that stuff for the men. And, and so anyway... Finally, I was just like, you know what? I have 12 acres out here in the middle of Texas. I'm just going to invite a bunch of dudes out and we're going to barbecue. We're going to sit around a campfire and, um, you know, share life and maybe do a couple of things out there that are outdoorsy and fun, you know? And so that's where it started. And since then, it's kind of developed into a whole lot more. Um, more than just events, I also do coaching and some courses and really helping men kind of tap into their purpose and their mission in life. And uh, the, the foundation of it, though, is identity, really just figuring out who who we are as men and what that means for our lives, what our mission is and how our, our mission aligns with who, our, who we are and how who we are is uh, basically the catalyst for any should be the catalyst for anything and everything that we do in life uh, everything we do in life should reflect our identity and should flow from that you know so uh, that's kind of that's what I put myself uh, in the arena to do to walk men through those processes to continue to host these events to kind of scratch the surface for them in a group setting and then to uh, go into smaller group coaching and even one-on-one -on -one coaching and I have the podcast as well. And it's basically just asking a bunch of questions saying, Hey, like, um, what have you been through in life that you've learned from that you can teach other men, you know, because I believe that we all have our own experiences and we've been through, um, certain things that maybe someone else hasn't been through. And if we could shed some light on some how to's or some don'ts, you know, maybe you should try this, or maybe you shouldn't try this, or, you know, how, how do we do, x to achieve uh y and so on and so forth um that's kind of my approach is just learning from other people um so everyone that i interview on the podcast i'm basically a student 
of that person, you know, who, who respects the experience, uh, the life experience, work experience, skill sets, and everything that those guests bring to uh, the True North Man podcast. Well, hey, your story, along with uh, what you just said about the whole thing with church, really just made me think about how there really is a need for this type of stuff that you're doing, you know, just due to the fact that they had it for the women and not the men just goes to show you that it seems to be something that's kind of overlooked and you know firsthand what the value of that type of stuff would have been when you talked about not having the type of influence in your life. And so, like I said before, it's great that you decide to step in and kind of fill that role. And so one question I had about it is why do you think that's the case? Why do you think that I guess often it seems like men are kind of overlooked when it comes to these sorts of things, like with their development, it's almost as if uh, it's seen as if something that you're just born with or like supposed to have. And no one really talks about how, you know, to be a productive man, there are like real skills and things you need to develop. There's influence that you need to have around you, people that need to guide you and form you into that. You don't just turn 18 and become one really. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think that men are naturally independent to a degree. I think they're naturally, their natural inclination is to survive. Mm-hmm. And that means getting out and, and doing whatever they need to do to, to earn their keep in this world. And along the way, I think because of the nature of in the past, the nature of the kind of work, that men would do and then just being around like-minded men who, you know, quite frankly, we're just, we're built tough. Right. And we're supposed to be able to endure um, and, and live life effectively and remain uh, the provider that we've been called to be. But I think over time, um, because now we're, we're kind of getting, we, we see where we're kind of getting back, to simpler times as far as like not so many men are having to work with their hands and so on and so forth. But I think, I think going back in time, men were working with their hands and they're working out on ranches and farms. And, and, uh, when there were a lot of tradesmen, I think that, uh, I think that that may have played a role in it, uh, a part just being rough and tough. And then, people getting these certain ideas about men and our nature and we're, you know, we're just kind of goofy and, you know, dumb for lack of better words. And, you know, we just don't have, uh, we don't have emotion. We don't, we don't, you know, and if we do, we're, we're supposed to ignore uh, those emotions and those feelings uh, just so that we can continue to trudge through life. Uh, and so uh, I think, um, man, what was your original question? Because I feel like I might be going off. <laughs> yeah. So the, the original question was, uh, so why do you think that happens where they have the resources in place for women and their development, but it seems to be something that's overlooked with men? Sure. And, sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so I, I think o- over time, it's just almost kind of became this natural, um, just it's, it's been very easy, easy to naturally get into this idea that men are just okay. It's okay. Like mm-hmm. we, we don't, uh, you know, we don't, we, we don't have to really 
look to men and see to their needs uh, so much as we do women who are more maybe a little more emotional, right? Or more nurturing. You know, it's almost like the emotion and nurture and stuff like that are, are things that people originally focused on developing or, or paying more attention to during during the times and we could we could get into so much here like the feminism you know the feminism and you know the feminist movement and all this um but anyway so i think there's just a, a mindset that, that at the end of the day i think that everyone thinks if men need to be taken care of they'll take care of themselves and we don't necessarily have to fend for men. And I think the other thing is because men are, are kind of like, uh, you know, we're naturally always looking to find a, a remedy, right? We're, we're problem solvers. And part of the problem that comes with that, I think, is that when we're in a community where we should be looking out for each other uh, holistically, um, you get a bunch of men in a room and, and I think a lot of the men are thinking, well, he's probably, that guy is probably just like me. If there's a problem, he'll take care of it. He's a problem solver. He's got this. Um, and then that, that kind of just keeps getting passed around. Well, he'll, he'll take care of himself. He'll take care of himself. I don't have to worry about this. Um, you know, and then, also, the other thing is, I think that men have kind of gotten to the point or society has gotten to a point where um, men, quite frankly, feel like it's it's weak to voice their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weak to voice their, uh, you know, their feelings and, and that they may feel like they need community as well. Um, and, and I think that that's kind of detrimental uh, to us um, as men is the idea that it's weak for us to admit to needing something of that nature. And so going back to your question, um, at the end of the day, <clears throat> it almost seems to me like, it, and I've been in many, many different, I've been to many different events, many different um, um, trainings. I've been to many different churches and I don't know. I, I think, I think that, uh, yeah, I think, I think people just forget about men because they feel like they'll, they'll take care of themselves. And, and that is detrimental um, because the reality is um, some men feel like their hands are tied because they don't want to seem weak or they don't want to look a certain way to people. Um, and, and so that's, I think that's one, and I may not, I may not be, clear what i'm thinking here but no, I, I think that is think one I, reason yeah i think i got a good understanding of what you're saying i mean we're human too you talked sure. about how you know you kind of look at us as if like there are different things that we might not need but we experience the same emotions and all that as as women it's just it while it's acceptable for them to feel them and express them i guess it's not really seen in the same way like for men but yeah i, I kind of got like two things from your answer the first thing was that when you kind of compare modern times to to older times, I can kind of, I can kind of see what you're saying. Cause the thing about it is like, if you talk to, I know like if I talk to my grandfather or anybody, you know, a lot of the, uh, well, especially men back then in my community, 
were blue collar men. And so there are certain skills and everything that you develop whenever you're around other men that do those same things, like to where, like, if you want to survive in those environments, you have to adapt. If you're going to be a blue collar man working among other men, you have to be, of course, somewhat physically tough to be doing construction, other types of jobs like that. You have to be able to communicate because you're most likely working in a team, kind of like a, a tribe sort of thing. And I guess something about that, too, is that whenever you're in those groups, the men kind of band together to meet each other's needs, maybe not necessarily like emotionally, because that was something that I would say was lacking. But I can see what you're saying with that, where since they had those types of environments that helped them to be more well-rounded, I guess you could say, in those uh, different aspects, that might have been wide or might not have, people might not have seen a need for like men's groups and that sort of thing, because, oh, you, you get that at work, you get that um, at the the uh, the bar or whatever after work or, or something like that. And something else that I kind of gathered from what you said, too, is like the uh, the emotional part of it. And, you know, that that definitely is an attitude that's been around for a while. I know even my, my grandfather has it, uh, you know, to where they feel like, you know, a man isn't supposed to, you know, need this type of support or whatever, like emotionally and that sort of thing. And I don't agree with it either, but that's an idea that he's kind of carried. And the weird thing about it is that, you know, as society has shifted to where, you know, you don't really, the dynamics among men aren't really like the same as they used to be back then, you know, where you're having more guys doing office jobs, regular things, you know, more women in the workplace to where it's not as male dominated. It's to the point to where it seems like guys aren't, getting that uh that same development like maybe what they would like working with other men but then also they're not getting that emotional development either so it's kind of like dwarfed all around yeah yeah so there, there's definitely uh going back to that you know it's i think there's a there's a quote that this goes something to the effect of hard times make hard hard men uh hard men make safe times safe times make weak men and, and it just continues to, to repeat it. And then weak men make hard times. Um, and so that pattern continues to repeat itself. And I think we're kind of at this place right now, right? Where men used to work outdoors. Men used to, to have to sweat and use their hands to, to build and do things. And because of technology now, we're kind of, uh, in this age where men are becoming a little softer and times are getting a little harder. So right now we're, we're in this stage where men get to enjoy the benefits that, you know, us, us being a little softer right now, that is a benefit of those before us, like your grandfather and even his father. Um, that is a benefit that we are reaping. It's a reward that we get because of their hard uh, the, the equity that they put in, the sweat equity they put in when they were younger for technology to be able to develop to the point that it has. And so I think we're now getting into this, I don't want to say weaker time, right? Um, but I believe that we're, we're at a point right now where if enough men and enough people in general understand and see it, they can capitalize on the fact that we still do have laborers. We still do have the trades, but we also have this wonderful side of technology and, and all these developments that are taking place. So if we can now learn how to, 
to put the two together and to balance all that um, to where it doesn't have to be, well, you're either hard man or you're a soft man. And there's not much in between. If we can find that, if we can understand this stuff, we can balance the two. It's okay to be soft from time to time. It's okay to be emotional from time to time. But then there's a time to, to pull your big boy pants on and to get to work. And I think that's that's where we're at right now. We're kind of on this verge of saying, okay, well, yeah, we don't have to, you know, build with our hands anymore. You don't you don't see laborers eating lunch, 20 stories in the air, just sitting off a beam with no harnesses and stuff anymore you know that used to be the case i don't know if you've seen those old pictures have you seen those pictures the guys yeah like sitting yeah on, it's crazy yeah, i know man. what you're talking about yeah like <laughs> with the construction workers all like just sitting on it yeah 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 it's crazy and you know so we're, we're now to times where people care people people do care they care about your health and your safety uh your emotional well-being uh but i think there are still enough of the hard folks out there too and if we can all learn though that we got to have a certain degree of hardness and we got to have a certain degree of soft, right? And, and the sooner we learn how to kind of rhythmically balance the two uh, and live in that healthy rhythm, well, the sooner, um, well, the more well off we will be mentally and emotionally. Uh, hmm. But the, back to the question, you know, um, of like, right now like why do men get overlooked um because i think there's also still a part where we've swung too far on the pendulum now of saying men don't matter and we need to bring that back and i think there's enough people out there if you you know like what you're doing and then what i'm doing if you look at ryan mickler on order of man um <clears throat> i mean i know several other men i've been in this space now for um six years and I know many many men who are out there trying to fight the good fight and make sure that we're, we're developing men to be independent but we're also teaching men that it's okay from time to time to voice your concerns to voice your emotions to voice how you're feeling we, we need to be in touch with that side of us so that we can also be uh, good nurturers and good protectors, good providers, so on and so forth. Um, right. So, you know, while it has kind of swung too far on the other side, I do still think that there's enough people out there that we can kind of, we're going to get to the point where we're going to start seeing more balanced men and men who aren't selfish like I was uh, in my young teens and my early 20s and 30s. Um, we're going to get to the point where there's more responsible men out there because some of it is our fault, right? Some of it, mm -hmm. some of it, I, we can't say that we're victims. We have to take ownership and responsibility. And so some of it is our fault, you know, that the, that uh, TV makes fun of men nowadays, you know, and, and makes men look like buffoons and, and dumb and all that. Because one of the things that we as men, um, as created beings, it, you know, one of the things that we fall into quickly is uh, apathy, you know, and once we fall into that apathy and laziness, well, yeah, we're, we're going to seem like buffoons, you know, we go to work and then we come home, we lay on the couch and watch TV all evening rather than trying to invest time in our, our children. And I'm not saying there's not a time 
to decompress. And I'm not saying there's not a time that we shouldn't do things that we should enjoy. But there again, that goes back to our identity. So if everything we do flows from who we are and we know who we truly are, then we understand that taking too much time just to chill out and watch TV or drinking too much or eating too much or fill it in with any kind of unhealthy habit, um, you know, that that's, we're going to fall into that if we're not careful. And we, us knowing who we are, we can constantly check ourselves and say, this is who I am as a man. And that means I've got to operate at a certain level. That means I can't, you know, watch TV every evening for three hours. Um, that means I, I can't be lazy and not go to the gym. That, that means I can't, you know, there again, fill in the blank with whatever you want to fill it in with. Um, if we're truly living for our, our identity and we know what we need to be doing in life to live up to our identity so that we don't live in the integrity gap, um, then we'll definitely step our game up. And uh, I think there's enough guys out there like you and I right now who are, who are starting to raise the standard, right? And men, men are starting to care again. They're starting to care what people think about them. Not that we should always care about what people think about us, um, but to a degree, yes, we should. We should want to live a life that is uh, worthy of honor and respect and appreciation. You know, there are, you made, you made a really good point and it made me think of uh, two things. So the first thing that you made was how uh, we need to kind of find some sort of middle ground when it comes to being a man. And the way at least I perceive that is that, you know, it's good to be, you know, hard, of course, in certain situations where it's needed, but you also need to have that other side where like you can have emotions and be in tune with that to be able to connect with the people that that you care about. And so the way I look at it is kind of like this, at least from what I've what I've seen from the older men that have been in my life that have been like boomers and and all that. It seems like a lot of them are really in tune with that with that hard side with like, I guess, the external stuff of like what a man is supposed to be. And they're good at that when it comes to, you know, having having the work ethic, getting stuff done when you don't want to do it. Uh, having uh, fortitude, being a support to uh, to other people, and you know, mm-hmm. taking care of your responsibilities. It seems like they're really, really great at that. But I think the part where they were lacking was the other end of the spectrum that you're talking about. And like you said, I think there are more men that are starting to get kind of in tune with that. And I think the, the healthiest men, the men that provide the most for their family, are the ones that can access both sides. And then something else you mentioned about uh you know the apathy and how like men are like kind of portrayed as buffoons and all that in, in the media and things i think one issue that that kind of speaks to that's definitely become a lot more common now with like the common man that maybe our grandfathers and all that didn't have as much of a struggle with is really what it signals to me is the lack of purpose because if you look at yeah. all the men i guess that, that came before us um there was something that went on in their time or like some type of role that was pushed on them that they, that they thought that they needed to take that gave them a sense of purpose so that way you didn't have that that same type of apathy i guess like what you would see you know as it's gotten later in time you know from maybe i don't know 80s 90s 2000s and, and now but like anybody that was like born in like the 20s or 30s or whatever their purpose was to fight in the war and then to you know be breadwinner for the family next generation they had a war uh after that provide for your family you're the breadwinner 
And so having that main thing to focus on uh, and you know, being a community figure too, uh, which is something that was important to a lot of men, being somebody that was respected among their peers, that was like the driving purpose for them. But I guess with a lot of men now, and due to the fact that that same pressure isn't on them to go and like, let's say, serve in combat, because of course it is completely voluntary now. I uh, don't have that same drive to necessarily be the breadwinner because uh, women, it's completely normal for women to work now, unlike in the 60s and, and 40s and all that. And so you don't have, it's there if you want it, but there's no outside pressure. Or I'll say not, not as much outside pressure that's pushing you into taking that, that purpose. It, that's at least what I've kind of gathered from it and what the, what the issue seems to be. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thought. And that's something that, that I feel like a lot of men are lacking is uh, purpose. Number one, I, I think there's, I think purpose and mission can be easily confused. And some people may make a good case against what well, mission and purpose are the same. But, mm-hmm. So my thoughts are there that our purpose in life is first of all, everyone has to figure out what that is for themselves. And there is a process. There is a process that you can go through that will really kind of help us dial in on that. Okay. But at the end of the day, I believe that the most noble purpose and the most fulfilling purpose will without a doubt be attached to edifying and uplifting other people in this world in some shape, form or fashion. Um, that, That is my true, my core belief is that all of our purposes are probably going to be pretty much the same for the most part. Um, they're going to be attached in some way and connected to edifying and uplifting and serving other people in a manner that, that helps people in this life. Uh, and then our mission is actually where we start to really diverge into different paths because there's so many different ways that, that we can, uh, embark on our mission in order to fulfill our purpose, right? So for me, I believe without a doubt that my purpose in this life is to edify and uplift and speak life into those around me. Um, To use my experiences to help others avoid the same pain that I went through or to help drag them out of the pain that they're currently in that I had been through and I know how to help them out of it. Um, and so help them avoid it or help drag them out of it, <laughs> one or the other. And uh, in doing so, that, that is uh, giving life. And more specifically, my mission is to do that with men. And the way that I do that with men is through my organization, True North Man, where we host our events and I do my coaching and my podcast. And so my purpose is to edify and uplift men, all right, to speak life into men. And then I do that through my mission, which is my organization, True North Man. And some people, it may be to speak life into, you know, their purpose in life may be to speak life. And the way they do that is through cells, through the connections they make in cells. And they are the living example and embodiment of God and Christ, right? Um, and so that's a whole another topic is faith, right? <laughs> and because I believe there's different elements of a man. Uh, we, we have our, our, our mental state, we have our emotional state, we have our intellectual state, and then we have our spiritual state. Okay. And um, 
I believe that if we as men can learn that and sorry, I had a little note pop up here. Uh, if we, the sooner we can learn how to tend to those four different states and take care of ourselves, um, the sooner then we can start to take care of the other pillars of life that help us navigate this life in a manner that is more fulfilling uh, for ourselves. But in order to be fulfilled ourselves, I believe hands down, we have to serve others. We have to, we have to really get our joy and helping others achieve more in life and feel more and be better and do better in life. And I feel like I just went off on a tangent there. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's all good. It's because it's all valuable. And one thing I'll say about that to kind of hop off the point that you made is that if more people took that, I guess that approach, like what you're talking about, we would probably live in a much better world. And you can also even argue that a lot of the people that are some of the most successful people in the world that we know took that same that same mission, you could say, where they just tried to find a way that they could offer as much value to others, you know, based on what their skills were. I mean, you know, people may agree or disagree with it, but if you look at Jeff Bezos, he took the skills that he had and he found a way to offer the most value he possibly could to other people with those skills he had. And it just so happened that, you know, the skills and the product that he brought to the market, or I guess the service he brought to the market was just that valuable uh, to where people appreciate enough to make him one of the richest men in the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For serving purpose. And I mean, you know, there, there's a flip side of the coin. I mean, there's plenty of people out there who uh, are doing very well in life financially. Uh, they, they, they have companies and businesses, multimillionaire, multi-billionaires. <clears throat> um, but because their, their mission in life is not necessarily attached to their purpose and their identity, mm -hmm. uh, they, they feel empty and they continue to try and achieve more and collect more um, to fill that empty void that they're missing out on. Um, even though they're successful, right? There's some other portion of their life that is out of, out of balance or out of rhythm. And um, so, yeah, and, and it's probably because they're at the end of the day, they haven't thought through who they truly are and uh, what they truly believe their mission in life is. And, and, and so they're not fulfilling that purpose. Um, yeah, so I, I think you're absolutely correct. There are, there are many who, who attach their mission there are many successful people who have attached their, their mission to their identity and their purpose, and they're doing very well. They're helping tons of people. They're very successful in life. Uh, and, and then there's the flip side of it. There's some people who are super successful, um, but maybe their mission isn't quite tied to their purpose and their identity, and they're kind of floundering about businesses business is who they are that's their identity and that's why they're so successful with it but at the end of the day if you pull the curtains open a little bit and look behind the scenes um quite frankly there's probably some areas in their life that <clears throat> um, are in shambles yeah I think, I think you pretty much touched on it right there that's the key to fulfillment whenever those values and identity that you have align with that mission you know because then you're working completely in tune with with who you are there is no area to to really compromise, I guess you could say. Sure. Yep. And so, you know, that's something that, you know, I'm constantly working towards trying to get that 100% alignment with my identity, but what I do 
And it seems like it's something that you've definitely been doing for a while now. Yeah, I've been working on my identity since uh, very intentionally since 2013. (laughs) (laughs) And we're humans, right? It's like you said, we're humans and we're always evolving. And so that's not to say we're not going to mature as people. It's not to say that we're not going to at some point have different desires in our heart. It's not going to say that our mission can't shift and change. Um, but still our mission and purpose has to, uh, it has to align with our identity or we start feeling twisted. We start, we start feeling off track and empty and, uh, that that's dangerous territory to be in. Yeah, I agree. And so now that we're coming up close on time, that pretty much wraps everything up. I think we touched on some really good stuff. And so for anyone that's listening to this episode that would like to find you, uh, where could they go? Sure. You can go to uh, my website, which is truenorthman.com. Fairly simple. Um, you can also find my podcast on, on any of the podcasting platforms. Uh, it's True North Man Podcast. And from the website, you can reach any any portion or anything. You can reach the podcast. You can find our blogs on there. Um, you can find our events listed on there as well. Um, and then th- my coaching services are not on there yet. Um, typically people just reach out, um, right now. Uh, I will have my coaching services up on there probably within the next month. Um, but as of right now, I, they're not. Um, so that, that'd be a good place to find me. And then my social media channels on, uh, Facebook, it's Paul beam 81 is my personal Facebook account. And then true North man is the the our business page and then on instagram it's the paul beam official and it's going to be true north man on true dot north dot man on there as well um yeah so that's a lot there's a lot of areas you can find us there (laughs) all right sounds good well thank you for sharing all that and so yeah once again thank you so much for coming on the show paul i really appreciate it and Hope you enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on, brother. All right. No problem. Take care. You too.